I, I actually, it's, this is in John chapter, 1 John rather, chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 really jumped out, off the pages uh, while we were in, uh, on our missions trip in Ghana, Togo, and Benin. I was, I was singing those songs that we, we had, had sung before I left, and uh, they were just so, so uh, such a blessing. But 1 John just jumped off, and I wanted to share some thoughts with you because what you are hearing on a regular basis, now, this is not self-promotion, but what you hear on a regular basis where we preach to people in the world, they are so ecstatic, so amazed, so struck by the Holy Spirit. They try to keep us. They want to keep us. And then they want us to make commitments to come like four times a year and, and, uh, because they, they say we, they want more. They need more. And, uh, and so uh, I don't want you who are at the king's table to not really enjoy, not really know what God really gives you, no matter who's speaking here. Because we don't let people speak here who, who are not telling you the truth of the, of the gospel. And the preaching here, I'm going to say that as the, as the pastor here. The preaching here is amazing, and you don't find it everywhere. It doesn't matter who comes up to this podium. It is anointed. I've had pastors from around the world say, there's just something unusual about preaching here. It's like the heavens open. And I believe God has smiled on this podium, but he's also smiled on you. That it's some, there's something that God wants for your life, and he is really working to give that to you. I want you to really appreciate what God is doing for you. For you. Yeah. So, so I will read this, and then I, I probably I will talk about it. I'll preach it more fully next Sunday. Next Sunday. But uh, this is, I've entitled this series, he loves us. God loves you. And as you're growing in the Lord, you may not understand how much God loves you. It's like when my dad used to take me into the back room. I don't know if he took the younger brothers, but he would take, he would take us older boys into the back room. How many of you know that dads would take you to the back room, but you didn't want to go? You know, you know, I felt like that old song, Oh, Mr. Custer, I don't want to go. You know, uh, I didn't want to go to the back room, but Dad take us in the back room, talk to us. And while he was talking to us, uh, Brother Gus, he tell, tell us how much he loved us. And I'm thinking, I used, to, I used to think to myself, didn't dare say it, but I used to think, you don't love me. You don't love me. If you love me, you would not be doing what you're about to do. <laughs> it's true. But, but he did love us. And God takes us through all kinds of situations. He, he allows uh, things to happen that we wish he wouldn't allow. He takes us through all kinds of things. He disciplines us. He chastises us. And he does it because he absolutely loves us. Because he knows that if he does this, we will not have any portion with the wicked. And this is what God does. He loves us. I want you to just say with me, he loves me. Yeah. Say it one more time. He loves me. Yeah, he loves me the third time. Yeah, because you have to say these things and then hear yourself saying them because he does. He died for you, became a man for you. You, you may think being a man is all that. I don't think it's all that. When I look at God, some of you women really don't think it's all that, do you? But, but, but he, became a, he became a man. And that's so, so way out there. That's how much he loved you. And then not only that, he died on the cross, a cruel death. 
you know, most of us, we, we, we want to get, die and get it over with. But he has suffered and suffered and suffered because he loves you. And he suffered the vilest and the most violent death so that no matter where you are in life, he can save you from it. He is able to save from the uttermost, I mean, to the uttermost, the Bible, the Bible says, to the uttermost, all who come to God through him. I heard an old preacher say one time, he said, he is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. Yeah, and that's what, so no matter where we have been, God has done that. So let me read First uh, John uh, chapter 1, verse, uh, 1, verses 1 through 10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. I sure want to preach that right now. And so then he says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so John wants the, the hearers to know, his listening audience, he wants them to know that they did not make up the gospel. The gospel did not come from some clever or cunning men decide to make up a quote-unquote religion. It did not. They actually spent time with the uncreated God. They said God became a man, and this is the one that we, that we heard from. We heard his voice, and we, we, we saw him with our eyes, and we looked upon him. And not only that, but our hands have touched him and handled him. That's huge. He did that for you and me. He did that for us. What are we going to do in return? That's a great job. He died to, for, to make us a glorious church. Now, I often say for a glorious church, but to have a glorious church. He didn't die because we were glorious. We were inglorious. And he died for us. I don't want you to be casual about it. And I don't want to sound like I'm always trying to make you get it. But I, I do want you to understand that, that you are obviously very special to God. You are. I love the scripture when uh, Hiram, the king of, of Tyre, the Lebanon area, he wrote to Solomon and he said something to the effect that I know God loves his people, Israel, because he made you their king. And I, I say that God loves you. He loves you so much that he made Jesus your king. Yeah. 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 So I want you to get the import of that. Don't walk out of here. Don't, don't be like a, a fish, a trout in the streams. The, the, the fisherman throws something that's shiny, and he goes and he gets it, and he hooks, it hooks him. I don't want you to be hooked by the world. Don't be hooked by the world. You, you have the very best that God has. Yes. So John goes on to write in verse 4, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Firstly, he wants you to know that about the fellowship. And fellowship means you share the same interests. Can you imagine that, that you and I, if we are truly in fellowship, we share the same interests with God? Do you ever think about that? I mean, we're creatures and we share the same interests. 
You know, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine an animal basically in the jungle that can say, I share the same interest with you, you know? But you and I share the same interest. You cannot fellowship what you don't share the same interest with. If you don't have the same interest as God, well, you can go to church, but you're never in fellowship. And when, once you're in fellowship, there's nothing comparable to it. And so he wrote that our joy may be full, that our joy would be full, that is, lots of joy uh, to be crammed in. He wants you to have joy that's in you, that no matter what crazy stuff happens, that you're fine. It doesn't matter that, that these crazed people are murdering innocent people. Crazed. Don't ever feel sorry for them. Don't ever feel like, well, I can understand. If you ever say that, you come in and stay at this altar until you, we have to drag you up. Yeah. Don't ever, don't ever say, I can identify. No. We don't have the same interests that they have. But, but God says he'll give you such a joy that when the most catastrophic thing happens in your life, then you may not be happy, but you're going to have the joy of the Lord, a calmness, a contentment that the Lord knows those who are his. Yeah. Yeah. So he wants to do that. He wants to fill up every hollow place in your life. Hollow, H-O-L-L-O-W, every hollow, every, every empty place. And some of us will come to church and we'll have empty places in us. But, but, but when you really fellowship with the Lord, he will fill that up. There will be no empty place in you. This is amazing. Okay, let's go on and read. Verse 5, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And he says, If we say we have fellowship, with him and walk in darkness. We lie. That's a strong word, isn't it? We lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now listen, now if we walk in the light as he is in the light, now we can get along with one another. So that's a lot of us. We're not getting along with people because we're not right. You know, sometimes we look at people and say, well, you're not right. Well, so you're going to be wrong too? <laughs> you know? You know, but, it, but if, we walk, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll get along. We'll get along with our brothers and sisters. We'll get along with husbands and wives. We'll get along. Okay. All right. I'm going to preach next week. Okay. Then he says, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And what he wants you to know is that you may fall into sin, but you don't practice it. You may. You may. My mind goes back to one time my wife growing up in Corpus Christi, was, she wanted to go sit down on ocean dry, ocean, no, shoreline. She wanted to sit on shoreline. And back there, you know, my wife, I don't want to say this as a knock against her, but she, she just wasn't scared of anything. And uh, I mean, you know, you want to marry some? No, no, I won't, won't do that. But anyway, uh, she wasn't afraid. So she said, let's go down here and sit by the water. So I, I got down there being a dry lander. I sat up high. And, uh, and so she said, let's go down and sit closer. And I know it's a romantic evening, so I went down two steps and said, she said, no, let's go near the water. I'm thinking, girl, I can't swim that well, you know. I'm I can swim, but what if I get in there and panic and, and die here? And so I was say it, thinking that I wasn't saying it. And so we got down there, and there was some algae on that, on that bottom step. And I said, let's don't go there. There's algae there. Let's, let's stay up here where it's dry. Well, we can get closer. No, 
we don't need to go there. And what I'm saying is that some of us, we, we play in dangerous places. So don't play in dangerous places, but stay up there, stay close with God and, and enjoy this amazing fellowship with God. Yeah, just stay with, in, with close to God. He'll cleanse you from sin. And, and we get down there where the sin is. That's why we slip in. So just stay away from it. All right? Verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That is, when you're doing something and your preacher, your pastor, your preacher, your teachers are saying to you, that's wrong. You say, well, I just don't feel like it is. You say, you're, you're lying to yourself. Is what that, that means that. You deceive yourself. You, you, it's one thing that somebody else got to you and deceived you. But if you're going to work against yourself, and when you don't believe the Word of God, you're working against yourself. And that's why a lot of times we have perennial problems, you know. You don't have to keep planting the seed. You, you plant a seed to grow by themselves. Yeah. So, so when you have these perennial problems over and over and over, same thing over and over and over, you have to check yourself. Yeah, you, you check yourself out, all right? Are we good? And so let's go to verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what he says is, if you happen to sin, it doesn't say when you sin. Whoever teach, uh, taught that or framed that doctrine is wrong. But, but if you sin, if you sin, if you mess up, which we're all capable of messing up, but if you mess up, you say, Lord, I'm sorry. You, you don't mess up and say, well, Lord, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I just, you're going to have to work with me. I enjoy. No, that's crazy. But there are people who do that. That's crazy. That's totally insane. I know God loves me. You're not fellowshipping with God. You may be going to church, but you're not fellowshipping. And you're not fellowshipping with us. Because if you can't walk in the light as he is in the light, you don't have any fellowship with the rest of us. Are you with me on that? Come on, this thing is so real. It is too precious for you to toy with. This is too precious. We're talking about eternal life. And you're going to give away eternal life for some old moment? Some old crazy moment that once you really get saved and know Jesus, you'll know it was crazy in the first place. All right, I guess I'm getting a little too tough here. But if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us up from all unrighteousness. The last verse says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So some of these guys, I want you young ladies to be careful about these guys. You know, and some of you guys may need to be careful about some of these young women. But especially you young women, be careful about these guys. A lot of these, I'm talking about worldly guys. If anybody goes to church here tries to lie to you, you tell me, call me right away. Just tell them I'm going to call pastor right now. I bet you that'll change them. Yeah, that'll change them. But let me tell you about these young men. They'll lie to you. They'll lie to you. And they'll tell you it's not wrong. It's not sin. When you love each other, when you love each other, they're lying to you. And, if, and don't let them lie to you. But you tell them, well, that's not what pastor said. First John 1.10 says. All right? Are we good? And we're going to keep teaching it. We're going to do it where the rubber meets the road. Amen.